Would you pray with me, please? Father, we ask the Holy Spirit to come into this room. You're welcome in this place. Uh, The Word of God is rich and powerful and deep and amazing and it pushes us and kicks us, yet it comforts us and holds us. And we just ask the Holy Spirit to help us understand Your Word and we ask the Holy Spirit to help us obey what we understand. Help us not to be hearers only, but doers of the Word of God. We commit this time to you in Christ's name. Amen. A man went to see his doctor. He was overweight. So the doctor came up with a game plan for him. He said, I want you to eat regularly as you normally would for two days, then skip a day. Okay. Okay. You understand? Repeat that for two weeks. Eat for two days, skip a day, then repeat. Next time I see you, you should have lost some weight and hopefully your appetite has changed a little bit too. After two weeks, the guy returns and see the doctor and he had lost almost 60 pounds. And the doctor says, what in the world? What happened? Did you follow my instructions? He said, I did, I did, but I thought I was going to drop dead on that third day. And the doctor said, why, from not eating or what? He said, no, from skipping on the third day. Skip a day, skip a whole day. Skip, skipping a day. You got that? Okay. Skip a day. Uh, Many of us are on a 21-day spiritual adventure right now. We've asked people in the church family to just give up some food or some habit to spend quality time in the Lord. Take something away from your life and add something to it. It's a pretty simple idea. Fasting means to abstain from something for a spiritual purpose, and that's what sets uh, Bible fasting apart from things like uh, hunger strikes or uh, dieting or maybe fasting before you're going to have surgery. There are great benefits to fasting, physical and spiritual, but beware, there are very heavy responsibilities, no pun intended. Isaiah was a fiery spokesman for God. He would be great on a late night talk show where he could just have free reign just to do whatever he wanted to do. Just, he lived 700 years before Jesus. He spoke the truth sometimes eloquently and sometimes bluntly. He was offensive. He called people names. He was sarcastic. A lot lot like you. A bunch of you guys are like that. You guys, a bunch of modern day Isaiahs are around us here. Me too. He had a way of speaking the truth in a way that made people squeamish, uncomfortable. You can't say that. I don't, you, you're not allowed to say that. Yeah, oh yeah, I am. If he came to western New York in the season of Lent, he'd have something to say about how we observe uh, our religious practices. And if he came to our church during our 21-day adventure, he would definitely have something to say about how we do what we do. 
And that's what I wanted to share with you today from the book of Isaiah, chapter 58. If you're feeling pretty good about yourself today, get ready, hold on tight, because he is going to make you uncomfortable. He doesn't aim his message at the world, at uh, the United Nations, or Washington, D.C. He centers his message on God's people. That's where he starts. He doesn't start with the pagan world or anything like that. starts right at home, God's people. And this is what he said. Isaiah chapter 58 should be on the board behind me. And if not, I surely encourage you to open up your Bible on your phone or the one in front of you and read it yourself. Shout it aloud. Do not hold back. He doesn't hold back. Raise your voice like a trumpet. Declare to my people their rebellion and to the descendants of Jacob their sins. For day after day they seek me out. They seem eager to know my ways as if they were a nation that does right and has not forsaken the commands of its God. They ask me for just decisions and seem eager for God to come near them. Why have we fasted? They said, you haven't seen it. Why have we humbled ourselves and you haven't noticed? We've done our part, God. You haven't responded. It's like you put some money into a vending machine and you push the bright buttons and you expect something to come out of that vending machine. Hey, God. We put our money in. We've done what you told us to do. We skipped skipped the meal. We gave up something. We're fasting. You haven't done anything. We're, we're waiting at the vending machine. Nothing's come out. And so vending machine faith gives us impression of goodness. But what looks good on the outside is rotten on the inside. And that's what Isaiah is about to address. I've checked all the boxes, done all the things He told me to do. God should deliver. I've come to church. I've sang some songs. I've said some prayers. I gave an offering. I talked to people. I'm a nice person. God should help me. Doesn't God see that I have given up a whole bunch for Him? Doesn't He see my self-denial? Where's the reward for my faithfulness? Legitimate question. And it's not just an Old Testament problem. It's a problem that Jesus confronted in Matthew chapter 23 uh, to the pretenders of His day. Listen to these words from Matthew 23. Woe to you teachers of the law and Pharisees. You hypocrites! You give a tenth of your spices, mint, dill, and cumin, but you have neglected the more important matters of the law Justice, mercy, and faithfulness. He should have practiced the latter without neglecting the former. You blind guides, you strain out a gnat, but swallow a camel. Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees. You hypocrites, you clean the outside of the cup and dish, but inside you're full of greed and self-indulgence. Blind Pharisees, first clean the inside of the cup and dish, and then the outside will also be clean. Now the funny thing is, when you read a passage of Scripture like that, you're almost always thinking about somebody else. You know, know, somebody, I know somebody that should hear that. 
I, I have a couple people in mind. They should open up the Bible and read that. You know, that's meant for them. Yeah. Uh, it's the mirror looking back at you, isn't it? What about you? The Lion of Judah, the great I Am, is watching our 21-day spiritual adventure. And you can fool your friends, and you can uh, lie to your family. But God is God, and He sees our hearts. Nothing is hidden from Him. Um, he, he looked behind the mask of the people in Isaiah's time, and this is what He saw. Yes, they had given up some food. Yeah, they had maybe given up some routines, some habits for a while. But this is what He saw. Yet on the day of your fasting, you do as you please and exploit all your workers. Your fasting ends in quarreling and strife and in striking each other with wicked fists. You cannot fast as you do today and expect your voice to be heard on high. Is this the kind of fast I've chosen? Only one day for people to humble themselves? Is that what you call a fast? A day acceptable to the Lord? Uh, I read that scripture and I look at my life and I think, you inconsistent, hypocritical, mask-wearing, two-faced, self-centered actor. You think you can pretend for one day that you're giving up something for me and that I'm just going to open the windows of heaven and answer every one of your prayers and bless you with a million dollars and you're going to win the lottery tomorrow. Uh, boy, beyond the fasting, what does God see here? The outward act is impressive, but what does God see on the inside? Verse 3, He sees people that do as they please and mistreat those around them. He sees that they're angry and they quarrel and they complain. He sees that they actually physically hurt people when they're supposed to be fasting to God. I don't know how that works. Just a minute, God, I have to take care of something and then punch somebody. It's like, man. And then the Lord looks at our families and He sees that they're, they're divided. They're fighting over some issue. You clean the outside of the cup and dish, but Inside, they're full of greed and self-indulgence. Blind Pharisees. I read about how the Ku Klux Klan got its start recently. They started out uh, as an organization, legit at first, with church members and upstanding people in the community that opposed the civil rights of freed black slaves. They politically opposed it. Then they went beyond that to oppose anyone who supported the free black slaves. So anybody else who sympathized with them, they went after them too. First politically, and then of course it sprang into violence. 
The question was, how could you be a member of a church founded on the love of Jesus Christ and go to church on Sunday morning and then pick a night during the week and go about burning and looting and killing your neighbor? How can you do that? Maybe the name Hugo Black rings a bell with you. Uh, Hugo Black was a U.S. Senator from the state of Alabama who was a member of the KKK. And as he served as a senator in the U.S. Senate, he was nominated to be a Supreme Court Justice, just as is going on in our news today. Nominated to be a Supreme Court Justice. And so there, they had the hearing before the Senate. And there was controversy that arose because it became known that Hugo Black was a member of the Ku Klux Klan. The president who nominated him was Franklin Roosevelt, who when they asked him said, a man's private life is supposed to be his private life. And he refused to withdraw the nomination. And yes, this man was confirmed as a justice on the Supreme Court. A man's private life is clearly seen by the God of heaven, right? Uh, you might think that you have this privacy and nobody knows, but of course, the great somebody knows, the Almighty One Himself. And so this is what it says in Isaiah 58, verse 6. Is this not the kind of fasting I have chosen? This is what God wants to loose the chains of injustice and untie the cords of the yoke so, uh, to set the oppressed free and to break every yoke. Is it not to share your food with the hungry, to provide the wanderer with shelter? When you see the naked, to clothe them, to not turn away from your own flesh and blood. Boy, there is an action plan that should accompany our 21-day adventure. Yes, you're giving up some food of some kind, hopefully. Maybe you're skipping a meal. Maybe you're taking a day uh, maybe you stop something in your routine and try to add something better to it. Isaiah mentions these four action steps that should accompany our fasting. Uh, proper fasting must have with it, partnered with it, this obedient life and this humility. Our outsides uh, need to match our insides. So Paul issued this tremendous Challenge for consistency with just this little statement, live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Man, that is exactly what Isaiah is saying here. So he mentions these four action steps. The first one is this, serving neglected and hurting people. Yesterday, I came up to the gym to watch our students play volleyball during the Merge Madness thing. Thank you, Jordan, for putting that together. I didn't stay for the whole thing. I watched for a while, but it was so good for me to see our kids mingling with guests who were invited here because they have special needs. And for about an hour and a half yesterday, our kids mingled with them and tried to be on their side and tried to help them play volleyball. And don't worry, it was a big, enlarged volleyball, and it didn't hurt if it hit you in the head. And it was just really... 
really good. It was just really good. And man, I was just happy to be in the room. And I, I long for that to happen all the time with us. That's not just one day, but a lifestyle. And so Isaiah mentions that. He says, look, if you're going to participate in this day of fasting or however you're going to do it, that's cool, but don't neglect hurting people around you. And as you can see what he said, uh, he said, you exploit your workers. There's a lot of ways that you can do that, but how do you treat those around you, below you, at your workplace? Do you sneer at them? Do you make fun of them? Are they compensated? Are they? Uh, it's just a whole bunch of things about how you can treat other people. And then he adds the second one is, what about the hungry around you? And uh, of course in Clarence, we don't seem to have that problem until you look under the surface and you realize, oh yeah, we do. And there's a food pantry here in town that is uh, constantly receiving food to give to hurting families right in our town. And then there's clothing those in need. And the fourth one is restoring relationships in our families. Got to work at all of these things. So if you're going to fast, these are the kind of things that need to be added to your fast. These action steps that need to partner with it. Or you're just wasting your time. And of course these very thoughts are repeated by Jesus in Matthew 25 where He emphasizes the treatments of six kinds of hurting people. Remember that. The hungry, the thirsty, the stranger, the naked, the sick, and the prisoner. And he shocks his listeners when he says, Remember, they, they said, where, where are, well, We never did anything for those people. And Jesus said, What you did for one of the least of these, you have done for me. And so when you play volleyball with a special needs kid, you're playing volleyball with Jesus. That's what it says. When you're helping a family that's hurting, you're helping Jesus. That's what he says. So following Christ should produce in us this deep compassion for those who are hurting around us. And and not just the feeling of compassion, but the action step that helps provide the remedy. So here's an example from... uh, Acts chapter 10, remember this guy named Cornelius. He was a centurion in what was known as the Italian Regiment. He and his family were devout and God-fearing. He gave generously to those in need and prayed regularly to God. See the partnership, giving, helping those in need, and prayer. One day about 3 o'clock in the afternoon, he had a vision. He distinctly saw an angel of God who came to him and said, Cornelius! And Cornelius stared at him in fear. What is it, Lord? He asked. The angel said, Your prayers and gifts to the poor have come up as a memorial offering before God. What a, what a cool thing. God is watching and He sees this partnership, the outside and the inside are matched. Yes, you're praying. Yes, you're concerned about hurting people around you. So here's a man who's 
normal lifestyle was generosity. Just every day with Him. It wasn't just one day when He he fasted or one day when He prayed. Oh yeah, I'll add to that. No, it's just a daily routine for Him. Serving those who hurt. And so the 101 of Christian living is to love people. That's what's partnered with our fasting. And I want you to know that this is not the way that you become a Christian. You don't earn your way to grace in Christ. It's this opposite. But these action steps show that you are a Christian, right? It shows that you're trans, you have a transformed life. Uh, God's been gracious to us and now we're expected to be gracious to others, but that wasn't happening with Isaiah's audience. They knew about God's goodness and grace, but they were holding it in, keeping it to themselves. So Isaiah bluntly says, Stop watching. Stop talking. Stop with the excuses. Stop the thoughts and prayers to those who hurt. Stop the good intentions. Stop the token gifts. Get out there and do something. So fasting that is recognized by God is practiced by people who are aware of their own sins and humbly repent. That's where you start. So I suggest a long walk. I suggest alone time with the Lord. I suggest you and Him doing some business. This is, I just need to put this out there and say, this is who I am and I'm not proud of who I am and I ask your forgiveness and your grace to start over. And I'll start today, right now. Fasting that's recognized by God is practiced by people who walk the walk. That's Cornelius, right? His prayers were accompanied by taking care of the poor around him. He's looking out for people. And fasting that's recognized by God is practiced by people who put God's interest in front of their own. I I heard this week uh, this story about this guy in Chicago. His name is Willie Wilson. He decided that because gas prices were so high and people were hurting so badly that he would provide free gas. Have you heard about this guy? He would provide free gas to the tune of one million dollars out of his own pocket. And so he arranged with several gas stations and the police and volunteers to offer free gasoline. And so at a gas station on Toey Avenue, there were about 370 cars lined up around 7 a.m. all the way down the road. And the police directed the traffic, and they got complaints, of course, because of traffic jams. And, you know, they blamed the guy for causing a traffic jam. The guy's gone, uh, whatever, you know, just <laughs> deal with it. He said, of course, there are critics. Willie said, I'm not afraid of anything but Christ. Let them criticize me for doing good. And this situation is only about helping people. And you can read about it in Chicago Sun-Times, which was on uh, Thursday, uh, the 24th of March. 
You can you can Google right now if you want to just Willie Wilson, Chicago. He's pops up and he's he's done it two or three times already, giving away free gas. And uh, he's thinking about doing it again. It's amazing. He's putting other people in front of his own interests. Just random, random kindness. Well, fasting that's recognized by God is practiced by people who spend themselves on behalf of others. I love how it says that in spending themselves on behalf of others. Um, do you have lunch plans for Wednesday? I, I think I'm going to take my girl out for lunch on Wednesday. I'm not positive just yet because I have to find this, but on Wednesday, Jersey Mike's Sub Shop is going to donate 100% of their take to 2022 Special Olympics that are going to take place later on this summer. They call it a day of giving. They're going to help disadvantaged people travel to participate in the Special Olympics. And it's a day of giving. They do it every year. It's the 12th time they're doing it. Last year... They raised and gave away over $15 million. They hope they can top it this year. Where are you going for lunch on Wednesday? I think I know where I'm going to go. If I can find one, I'm going to go to Jersey Mike's. That's an unpaid advertisement, okay? But that's the kind of incredible, radical generosity that should be just part of our life. Fasting that's recognized by God is pursued by people who are poor in spirit. They know what they were before Christ came into their life. I don't deserve any of this. I don't deserve anything at all. And look at all I've gotten from God. It's amazing. They, and so we, we know that we desperately need God in our life or we'd be sunk. This is what it says in the previous chapter, Isaiah 57. For this is what the high and lofty one says, he who lives forever and whose name is holy. I live in a high and holy place. But, another big but in the Bible, but also with him who is contrite and lowly in spirit to revive the spirit of the lowly and revive the heart of the contrite. Man, that's the kind of fasting God respects and pays attention to. Those who are poor in spirit. And then also those, uh, he, he recognizes fasting in those who, uh, are, are people who, in people who address injustice. When they see a need, they meet it. And it probably does your heart good and it certainly does my heart good to see the response to uh, Ukrainian refugees pouring into Eastern Europe and how people are responding and welcoming. And the day may come for that to happen in our country too. And I was so proud of one of our guys who came to me and said, I've never done this before, but if you and Deb hear about Ukrainian refugees coming to the United States and need a place to stay, we have room in our house. I love it. I don't know how long, he said. I don't know how long we can keep them, but are they going to stay forever or for a few weeks? I don't know, but we'll figure it out. Count us in. The kind of fasting 
that God recognizes comes from people who have done everything in their power to reconcile the differences in their own families. It's a tough one for all of us because our families face issues. We don't talk to each other sometimes. We're divided. We've chosen that route for whatever reason. But if you have relatives that you avoid or refuse to help, I say this just says a point blank. You can stop fasting. Just forget about that. Go and make it right. Then come back and we'll talk. That's hard stuff. But it's true stuff. And so if you do this fast correctly, not just giving up food or a habit, but accompany it with these action steps in this lifestyle, here's the result. You probably can pick out about ten results from, from this couple of paragraphs here. This is what the Lord will bring your way. Then your light will break forth like the dawn. And your healing will quickly appear. Then your righteousness will go before you and the glory of the Lord will be your rear guard. He's got your back. Then you will call and the Lord will answer. You will cry for help and He will say, Here I am. Then your light will rise in the darkness and your night will become like the noonday. The Lord will guide you always. He will satisfy your needs in a sun-scorched land and will strengthen your frame. Hmm. You will be like a well-watered garden, like a spring whose waters never fail. Your people will rebuild the ancient ruins and will raise up the age-old foundations. And you will be called repairer of broken walls. Restorer of streets with dwellings. God can rebuild what looks disastrous. He can rebuild that. That paragraph is peppered with these wonderful promises. If you have a Bible that you can underline in, I just would highlight a couple of, maybe maybe ten promises that I saw real quickly. Um, if you obey, you will know these blessings. Uh, Blessing will break forth. Spiritual healing or physical healing happens. Righteousness. God's got our back and He's guarding us. Uh, God will hear our prayers. He will guide us. He will provide for us. He will give us strength to face each new day. Our lives, our relationships will be rebuilt, restored. That's what He wants for you. And joy will be found in your life. You can look at it yourself and maybe piece together one or two more or say it differently than I just said. I welcome you to do that. But that is what awaits you if you go past the outside and dig down deep into the inside and be the character, be the person that God wants you to be. So you're fast, you're giving up, you're replacing plus your character and your humility combined together is what God recognizes. And unfortunately, uh, 
we have this vending machine mentality. I did that. Where's my treat? Let's go right now. Um, it's not just stopping food. It's this inner work. It's putting other people before you. So I'd like to close in prayer with you today. And I'd like to invite the worship team up as we close. But I think um, let's just give this time to the Lord. And uh, not play any more games. So would you pray with me please? God, please open our hearts to the people around us, the needs around us. We have this habit of seeing hurting people on the news and feeling bad for them and say it stinks to be them and move on with life. Please open our eyes and help us find ways to help with hunger and pain and to make a change and injustice as we can and to welcome the refugee and to free the oppressed. Help us welcome people who have been labeled or rejected or who feel worthless. Lord, if it means sharing clothing or food or shelter or dollars, Help us be that kind of people. Help us to quit talking and help us to quit even with the good intentions and help us to follow through. Would you please put it in our minds that when we see a need, with your help, we can address it in some way. God, help us to surrender our stubborn, self-centered will to yours so that you would allow the Holy Spirit to move us to to loving service God this is a 21 day adventure and you know what's going on with people whatever they're doing but would you do a work on not only our habits but our lives that we could live a life worthy of the calling we have received in Christ to change our attitudes to walk before you with a a broken spirit and a contrite heart. Change our views so that we're looking not only to our own interests, but also to the interest of others. Lord, would you do a work in our lives, in, in our church collectively during this time? Bring your Holy Spirit into our lives in a fresh new way. Blow across our church family. Bring revival. Bring new life. Bring a spirit of humility and service to us. In Christ's name I pray. Amen.